The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the Flam podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good, my friend. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. I'm doing exactly okay. I think, uh, you know, last week I mentioned that we've been kind of dealing with viruses and uh, and the like, shutting down our uh, FlashTVTalk.com as well as DCTVTalk.com. However, the viruses have been slain. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, for the moment anyway, and they have been firewalled out. So if you are looking for the best in DCTV podcasting, we do encourage you to check out DCTVTalk.com. Uh, also, we know that uh, many of you have been asking to join that uh, that network, that um, uh, collaboration of various podcasts. Uh, we'd love to have you, and that is totally on me that I'm a little bit behind in reaching out to you. So hopefully I'll be able to get those emails responded to and, and update the listing this week. But in the meantime, check it out, dctvtalk.com for all the latest and greatest in DCTV podcastings and the like. Bellman, we've got a fun episode to talk about tonight. I'm going to say fun. I'm not crying. I'm not shedding a tear. <laughs> but we'll get into that here in just a second. Let's jump into the rundown. The, the rundown. rundown. Episode 18 of season four. Lose yourself in the music. The, no, it's just you lose yourself. Uh, directed by Hanel Culpepper and story by Mom Spaghetti. <laughs> hey oh no actually the story is by jonathan butler and gabriel garza bell what happened this episode well team flash tracked down the final bus meta edwin gauss but are followed by the samuroid who injures caitlin team rush back to star labs to regroup and heal caitlin reveals to iris that killer frost is activated by her adrenal gland and she is working on a way to separate them harry comes up with a tuning fork weapon that mimics izzy's abilities in order to defeat devoe Ralph reveals to Barry that he isn't afraid of losing his own life, but of Team Flash losing theirs as he considers them family. Wells is shown to be addicted to the thinking cap, which Joe helps him deal with. Ralph takes the fork with the intent to go to, uh, with Edwin to kill DeVoe, which Barry argues against. Eventually, DeVoe manages to take over Edwin's mind, as well as take the abilities of Janet Petty and Matthew Kim before transferring his mind into Ralph's body. The team try to stop him, but DeVoe incapacitates them and seemingly removes Killer Frost from Caitlyn before leaving. Back at their lair, DeVoe uses Ralph's morphing abilities to morph back into his original form, while he and the mechanic plan their next move to destroy Team Flash. Bum, bum, bum! All right, man. We've got Edwin Geis, yo. Like, Gauss. How, G 
gals out there in the woods and just like, you know, feeling the pocket universes, man. <laughs> Did you notice in that scene that there's literally a guy hugging the tree in the background? I, I didn't, but I would not be surprised to uh, if I went back and watched and saw that. Yeah, that, that would make sense. It's, <laughs> it's a complete and total misunderstanding of hippie gatherings, but whatever. It- if I may, Bell, you know this is just occurring to me, but perhaps there was something very unique about the bus metas. They were all cliches. Like you had the overly like ridiculous Southern uh, uh, fiddle player with the like outrageous accent. You had the uh, the super ultra nerdy fat guy. You know, you know, computer nerd guy. And then you've got the the hippie literally hanging out with people that hug trees. Like you know, maybe there's maybe there's a little uh, you know. I don't know what, what's going on with this particular bus, but this is the bus that all of the uh, the stereotypes decided they wanted to ride. <laughs> yeah, right. Like it was, it was. Yeah, it's pretty much every single one of them embodies some kind of stereotype, and I guess that makes sense because you know we're not going to spend time developing their character. At, 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 aside from Ralph, I mean, you know, he was the only one who really got any sort of uh, character development whatsoever. And so, yeah, I mean, you're going to resort to stereotypes. You're going to do something like that in order to uh, just, you know, this is the person you know who they are because you've met these people before. So let's go with it. <laughs> <laughs> now, Edwin is a rogue or a villain from the uh, DC TV comics who goes by the uh, Monica of folded man uh he's he's very different from the the tv interpretation of the character he's kind of considered uh, a genius um which I, I don't know maybe maybe edwin of the of the dc tv was a genius in his own kind of way but uh not not nearly in the i mean i would argue that well just definitely not in in the same sense of uh you know the, this particular scientist from dc comics uh however you know it was kind of interesting that he did have kind of this pocket universe power it almost kind of mirrored vibes a little bit i know a vibe can't create universes but i mean is there much difference between the two bell yes absolutely uh vibe makes wormholes between dimensions right it, well have- and and our own dimension yeah yeah he, he make yeah he makes wormholes to other earths to other dimensions and he makes wormholes to other locations in whatever earth dimension that he's in uh whereas gauss actually creates pocket universes these are like just new creations that they make that he jumps into uh, or is able to jump into other people's created universes so so it's, it's it's a little bit different there like i don't think he could jump to earth 19 um or anything like that but uh right. he can sit there and go oh you know somebody's chasing me i'm just gonna poop and then like i go into this pocket dimension and i'm safe and then i can hop out wherever i want Interesting. So, I mean, they're, so I guess what you're saying is that they both kind of have their own unique way of teleporting in our universe, but it's just different. Yeah. Yeah. More or less. Okay. Fair enough. I can kind of see that. Um, you know, it, it is kind of interesting that, that, you know, this, this particular meta very, very timely for him to pop up just when we find out that, uh, the thinker has been hanging out in his own pocket dimension. Um, you know, interestingly enough, so, so the thinker has a pocket dimension and, uh, Am I am I mistaken in thinking that the future room exists in a pocket dimension? I don't think it is. I think it's more of a hidden kind of thing. But uh, it would kind of make sense if it was a pocket dimension because that way I would assume to be outside of the influence of timeline changes and things like that. Yeah, but still able to monitor it. It would kind of make sense. I mean, from that standpoint, is is you know uh, over on Legends the Wave Rider was the Wave Rider kind of 
is it generating its own pocket dimension to be able to stay outside? It was it was uh, riding in what they call the time stream. So like it's it's outside of time. It's not necessarily. I mean, which I, I don't I don't think it's a pocket dimension per se, but it's like it's it's outside the timeline, right? So it's not. Yeah, like a pocket dimension. Uh, it's if time were a pocket dimension, then yes. All right, fair enough. Well, and to be fair, we're probably going a little bit too high concept early on in the show, and for that, we are sorry. Uh, man, so this show, this episode, kind of midway through, took a, a pretty uh, seismic turn. Before we kind of start off on a little bit of a, a, a good debate to have, but just kind of an odd debate for these two characters to have as to whether or not heroes can kill. Uh, Dibney, uh, Ralph, the elongated man, is arguing that the thinker needs to be killed. Barry says, nope, we are metas. We have the option to not kill, and so therefore we should strive for that at all uh, costs. And Dibney's like, uh-uh-uh-uh, let's go ahead and knock him out, then we don't have to worry about this. Now, this is a very... Barry versus Oliver type of moment discussion. I mean, a good argument for heroes to have, but is Dibney the one to have it? Did this seem in line with his character, Bill? Kind of. I mean, Ralph was kind of a scumbag and he was kind of like, you know, do whatever it takes to get the job done. You know, I mean, he planted evidence on a, on a guy to frame him that he knew was guilty. Uh, so, I mean, I don't necessarily see him. It seems kind of like a twist, though, from like the happy go lucky Ralph to like, let's murder a guy, Ralph. Right. Like he's um, like he's like wanting to cap people like out of nowhere. And I, I hear what you're saying. He's a, he's a dirtbag and he's sleazy. He's robbing people. He's you know, he's not a hero, even though that's that's been his arc is to try to figure out, like, how do we make this guy into a hero? Um, but on top of that, like, I don't know, like I never got the sense that he was just bloodthirsty, you know, even as a P.I., I never got the sense that he was like an assassin. He wasn't he wasn't out here killing people. Well, and as a PI, he was doing, you know, uh, stuff that you, you could say was pretty, pretty morally, uh, morally good. Right. Like he was uh, cheating husbands and, and things like that. Uh, and like, you know, corruption with the mayor and things like that. So, right. right so, right. you know, it's, it's not like it's not like he was uh, like a bad actor, like, you know, taking shady deals to blah, blah, blah. He was uh, he he still had like a, you know, deep down kind of like goodness about him, I guess you could say. Okay, but I still stand by it, man. I just it's this seems like more of a discussion that is is a good one for heroes to have and it's it's just an Oliver Barry thing. And it just felt weird having Dibney be the one to make that argument. And I almost felt like the actor felt like it was out of character because he didn't really seem comfortable selling that argument. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I agree. Like, I, I do think that it was a, uh, uh, it felt really out of place for him just to kind of like all of a sudden just sort of do that. But yeah, you know, I, this uh, again, it was another lesson we had to teach Ralph because every episode is about teaching Ralph. Yeah, and uh, has been. I, yeah, like I, I think I think it might have been better to approach that differently, where as opposed to, uh, opposed to like Ralph having the idea that perhaps it comes up in conversation and Ralph argues the merits of killing him as opposed to deciding to go kill him, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, so more, more of like, you know, Barry's like, we don't kill people. And he's like, but you know, this, 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 you know, this murderer guy here, he got out and he killed somebody else. And uh, you know, then the cops killed him and now he'll never kill anybody else. But like, I mean, can't we, you know, should we apply the same logic to, uh, to DeVoe? Uh you know, maybe him playing like a devil's advocate kind of thing, as opposed to just being like, a, ah, we need to murder him, you know? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it's it's fine. I mean, to, to some extent, it's kind of the, the final lesson is the importance of life and the value of life. And it also kind of puts Ralph in a place where he can kind of share uh, how he really feels about the team, you know, despite the fact that he's been kind of this dirtbag all throughout and, you know, rubbed everybody the wrong way. But then everybody's also gone to bat for him. And, you know, really, I mean, you know, Team Flash really kind of took a step back so that this could become the elongated man show for the last, you know, several episodes, if not the entire season thus far. And so, you know, a lot of weight has been put onto making this man a hero. And so once we get down to it and he starts betraying the team, albeit for them, we get a moment that I feel like I've been waiting for for a long time where Barry has to put him in his place. A fight that went way too quickly, in my opinion. I would have loved to see Barry beating some sense into Ralph, if I'm being honest with you. Well, I think that was the beauty of the fight, right? Uh, was that it was over in a flash, you know, quite oh. literally. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, that's the thing is Dibney's an amateur. And like, you know, him trying to fight Flash, yeah, it's going to be over in, in a blink of an eye, quite literally. And it was. And I think that just goes to show the difference in the power level between the two and the difference of experience and stuff like that. So I don't that's the thing is Barry wasn't looking to like teach him a lesson, right? As as a physical lesson, like, you know, you short change your drug dealer. And so they give you a lesson. This was like a, you know, you need, you need to, you need to hold your horses there and just a quick kind of like, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's putting him in his place. Because, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, when it comes to power level, I mean, it buries on top. No one even comes remotely close uh, other than, you know, additional speedsters that he's been up against in the past and the thinker himself. So Dibney, uh, the Dibney or the elongated man versus the Flash fight, uh, albeit short, we did actually get to see, and this is true throughout the episode, some of the best uses of his power set, man. I actually did like seeing his hand morph into a hammer uh, ripped straight out of the comics. That was awesome. Uh, and the stretchy legs, like running with the stretchy yes. legs. That is textbook elongated, man. That was awesome. I'd be like, look, it, I'm, I'll, I'll, props where props is due. This was a really great use of Ralph's powers. Yeah, yeah. I thought they did a great job showing his powers, like uh, uh, morphing his hand into the uh, tuning fork thing. Oh, that was that was there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, is really, really good uh, examples of his power set and how unique and interesting they can be. Um, but, but they, even still, they didn't seem to kind of help him in the end. <laughs> no, no, they did. Now, so you mentioned the course, the tuning fork developed by Harrison Wells. Uh, Harry has been hitting the juice pretty hard with the helmet. Um, you know, I, I know that, you know, going into this episode, a lot of people really thought maybe he was going full on Eobard. Do you think the fact that they didn't even nod to that ending from last episode, do you think that indicates um, to everyone that, yes, this is, in fact, Harrison Wells? Or, or do you think there are still some out there that believe that he's actually Eobard in disguise? Yeah, he's not Eobard in disguise. But I do find it odd they didn't even touch on the ending last week. Yeah, you know, it, it's almost, I, I, I don't know. That, that 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 is odd, right? Like, he did I mean, talk... I, I, he talked to Gideon, but nobody saw him talk to Gideon. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the only difference that I could think, or the only, I don't know, the only throwback to it was when Joe saw him go back into the uh, uh, into the future room. Yes, but I don't know if that was just Joe's, you know, theories about his addiction, or if Joe's going to be like. I don't think there's going to be any like Eobard kind of thing. He's just going to be thinking that he's addicted to this, to this thinking cap and and that's going to be that. And that's kind of like proof for him that he's doing this um, because he told him that he wasn't using dark matter, but he indeed is using dark matter. 
And uh, yeah, so I, I don't I don't know where they're going with that. It's it's weird. And they also didn't touch on the fact that he basically fried his brain, uh, except for like one throwaway line where Cisco's like, go get this thing. And Harry just kind of like stands there and sort of like fiddles with whatever he has in his hands. Mm-hmm. And I guess they're going to touch on that next episode. I don't know. I- so so all right so all of these different characters man their their storylines feel very rushed it's almost like we're like trying to give each individual side character a lot of rushed development here at the very tail end i mean i, I and i could be wrong you know i'm i'm sure that most of what we got this episode has been planned since the beginning but you know i almost feel like you know the the, the Maybe the showrunners have they've heard the feedback maybe maybe you know they're they're trying to kind of steer the ship back on track and like you know give you know try to make up for lost time that they could have had this this season but like you know we've, we've talked about it before a lot of what's been going on with harry seems all, all kind of like out of left field like oh wait really this was going on why didn't he say anything about it over the last several weeks or, or you know with with joe we still don't really know what's going on with joe we had probably one of the most ba scenes with joe but it happened off screen like <laughs> Joe versus the Samuroid, man. Like, you get that awesome shot with him with the katana and the gun, and then you cut away, and then he comes back. He's like, Samuroid's fine. Like, he's like, <laughs> he cut off his head. Uh, I kind of like that. I kind of like how they did that. Uh, don't get me wrong. There, there, is a, there, there is a BA nature to the whole, like, cutaway and, and, you know, just happening off screen. But I think the fact that so much about Joe has been off screen this season, it just, you know, it, it puts, it adds a little salt to the wound for me. Like, that, that was a really awesome you're right it was very much kind of cool factor what was going on there um and actually you know not not just him but iris man like her going up against the uh the mechanic pretty pretty epic uh you know we i love they even addressed the fact that um you know the last time they saw each other was in the courtroom we talked about the significance of that moment of them kind of having this battle uh this battle of words in civilian society right like they weren't in a superheroic way at that point they couldn't have the battle that they had this episode then and there because of the setting they were in now they're in star labs now you know the the stuff is hitting the fan and the pocket universes are open and everybody's invading each other's fortresses like this is their time to kind of go all at it and another thing man and i know i just kind of went ahead and jumped to the big battle at the end but that's the that's the awesomeness of this episode the battle where all the metas leave, like all of your super, uh, your superpowers leave, leaving all the mortals back at home to be invaded upon by the uh, the villain, was a really cool move, man. Like it, it, all of a sudden, like the humans have to defend themselves. The heroes have left us, and they all got these really, really awesome hero moments in and of themselves. That is true, uh, but they they didn't leave all the mortals there. Dibney was there. Um... And so he got he got his little moment. But yeah, like it, it was really cool to see Iris fight, you know, as opposed to being, you know, just the person behind. The, the, what is it? The, the, the girl guy in the, the chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. As opposed to being the girl guy. in the chair, you know, now she gets to actually go in there and uh, uh, and, and, and whoop up, you know. And so that was that was pretty cool to see. Um, and and yeah, like, uh, you know, just the, yeah, they, they're bringing back the, the, the B.A. of Joe. And I and I really like that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's neat. You know, they get completely conned into going into this pocket dimension, which is exactly what the thinker thought they were going to do. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just funny how they, they keep getting played over and over and over again, though. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's always one step ahead of them, even with Harry doing the you know thinking cap. Now, that's another thing. Okay, so, and I, I realize we're jumping all over the place, but a lot really happened this episode. Uh, yeah. When when Harry puts on the thinker cap, goes full on dark matter, and like fries his brain, and then cut away to like next scene he's in, he's fine. What was up with that? Now, I don't think he was fine. I think you know that's that's the thing. He was, he was standing there and he was just kind of like spaced out looking and uh i know thinker had a line about it he said you know i just as i planned uh you know harrison wells uh defeated himself with his own hubris um so something he did something to his brain interesting and i don't know which by the way that that would actually negate a theory that we had last episode about the fact that harry not being from earth one perhaps he was outside of the predictability of the thinker um, so if, if that is the case, if the thinker actually, you know, predicted this or, or figured this out, it means that Harry as a, I don't know if you want to call him a doppelganger or, or just, you know, not of this earth, uh, is not immune to the thinker's powers. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also a couple other theories that of mine, at least that were blown out of the water. So, uh, so there's that. Yeah. Which one? Well, so I was thinking that, uh, the end game here was for, devote to get the flash's body because the flash can tap into the speed force and the speed right. force will give him enough energy for his body to never uh break down due to his enhanced brain but it turns out no he was after dibney uh maybe not all along i don't know maybe maybe it was uh but but yeah it's it's that theory is shot so it's less of a matter of uh the thinker needing barry because he's going to die and more if he just wants to defeat him um, which is interesting because I kind of thought they're going to go the he needs him to survive angle and not the we're just villains because I'm going to be your villain. I I don't I, I, I'm I'm failing to see the thinker's motivation now that he doesn't need the Flash's body is all I'm saying. Well, well, so I mean he kind of teased it up at the end, right? It's all about the enlightenment. Um, you know, oh, that's right, that's right. Mark, yeah, he's got this enlightenment means. thing. Yeah, I. And they, they talked about that. That's where like everybody gets smart, I guess. He's going to do something there. So, you know, given the fact that he's he's made his ability to steal bodies and minds way more easy and mobile, I, I'm wondering if the enlightenment is actually him creating another particle accelerator uh, or, or some some form of that, which will give other people powers. They've really leaned into this idea that dark matter is somehow activating people's metagene. And so the device he's building could very well be a way that's going to like activate people's metagenes on a mass scale, giving him the ability to, you know, absorb more powers, absorb more minds and abilities. You know, the idea is that he's trying to constantly add to his brain, right? He even talks about the fact that by taking over Dibney, not only does he get his powers, but he also knows everything that Dibney knew. He knew he knows the training that Barry gave him. And so maybe, as we predicted in the very beginning, he's going full Brainiac, and he wants to essentially assimilate the entire planet. Yeah. But he wants to do so, and you know, he wants the, the crop to be ripe, right? He wants the metagenes to be active so that he gets access to all of those powers as well. Yeah, that, that's starting to, to be my new kind of theory of choice there, is that uh, he's, what he's going to do is not necessarily a new particle accelerator explosion, but a, a, a new kind of explosion, explosive device. Because the particle accelerator, you know... It, wasn't supposed to blow up you know uh hg did that specifically to, to release the dark matter right uh i think this device is, is is a specific device that's going to make more metahumans so that devoe can have more powers that he can absorb uh yeah, yeah so 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 it's 
difference in design, but like the intent is kind of the same. Well, and uh, just just to, I mean, I, I would push back a little bit on the, um, you know, Eobard opening up the particle accelerator to to release the dark matter. It wasn't about the dark matter so much as it was about the lightning. He was, um, you know, it was the events that created Barry. I don't believe that dark matter was involved with Barry. I believe it was solely him getting struck by the lightning, uh, which, you know, you know, who 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 knows yet what that lightning represents or or how that will come back in the future. But, um. You know, if you go back to that first pilot episode, it's not just dark matter, man. They talk about a lot of different things. Vortexes opening up and, you know, various means of people getting abilities through various ways. They actually left the door pretty wide to create metas uh, or, or even other villains from other Earths or other universes or other planets if they wanted to. But this season in particular, it really has been about the dark matter. And like you say, it might be that the thinker has just kind of refined the process and has some way in which he wants to you know, open that up on a mass scale. That That's my that's my theory uh, for the moment. But you're right, Bell. You thought, as did I, that he originally wanted Barry's body. Um, but at least for the immediate time being, he's after Dibney's. Not only does Dibney solve the problem for healing the affliction of his body being eaten away, but it also gives him the ability to morph back into his primordial self. The original thinker is back, and ding-dong, the Dibney is dead. I am dancing on his grave, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Haters, send your tweets. I don't even care. At Flash TV Talk, at the Real Bo York. Hit me up if you love Dibney and you are weeping. That's fine. Just collect those tears, put them in a coffee mug, and I cannot wait to drink them. Oh! <laughs> I somebody call Harrison Wells. This matter's getting dark. Hey, oh, no, I, I really <laughs> feel like he's going to be back somehow. No, I mean, you think so? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think that he's, he's going to come back. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Why? Why? I mean, like, I realize that he is, you know, obviously a comic book character, but they've taken such creative licenses. Like, you know, I remember in the pilot episode of Legends of Tomorrow where they gather up all of these DC TV heroes and they tell them that, you know, you're not known to the history books and that's why you're going to go off and have adventures off world. And I was like, really? Like, that's a pretty bold statement to say that we are erasing the legacy of these characters from this universe. You know, like for for all intents and purposes, you know, the, the Adam might as well be dead. He didn't matter and he didn't exist uh, in accordance with legends. And so from that standpoint, you know, they could easily say, you know what? This was the elongated man. So so he lived. So he fought. So he died. And he will be remembered as, you know, contributing to some of the poorest writing decisions yeah. on the show. I, I think I, I just I just I I'm hoping, man, that he is dead. And not only dead, but morphed. I love the fact that he morphed back into his old self. No offense to Hartley Sawyer. I mean, like like I said, I think he's had some kind of tricks to work with, you know, and, and kind of some zigs and some zags where they've taken his character. But ultimately, man, I just do not like this interpretation of the character. And so the the quick and the dead, I am fine with if he is gone and we never see him again. We can mourn him a bit next episode. But if it goes beyond five minutes, then it's a waste of time. Let's move forward. Yeah. So I'm sorry if I have to. I will not eulogize this man beyond hate. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, but if I had to guess, uh, just off the wall, sort of, you know, random speculation here, uh, something to do with his brain being plastic. Uh, he's going to find a way to, like, you know, bring himself back and, like, push the thinker out. That's how they defeat him. <sighs> you know what? You're probably right, because so much of the season has been about his character arc. It, it feels like it has to be him that defeats the thinker 
even though it probably should be a comparison, uh, you know, a, a combination of Her- uh, Harry and Barry, rhyme not hmm. intended. Uh, I, I do. I, I think you're right. I think it probably is going to be like him popping out of the brain of the thinker and just punching him in the face or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Ugh. We'll see. But yeah. Anyway, Dibney, we barely knew ye. Actually, that's not true. We knew you too well. <laughs> and you're dead. And um, Belle will come to your funeral. But I will not. Because I will be mourning other losses. Like the loss of Killer Frost. That's right. To no fanfare whatsoever. Killer Frost is no longer. Now, Caitlin actually did get some, uh, you know, some some reveals this episode. Apparently, she's been having these kind of pin pal relationship with Killer Frost with the posted notes. Uh, you know, the the she she bought her a top and she was telling her about this whole way that she can get this like, you know, we just inject this adrenaline and no longer does Cisco have to terrify me or traumatize me in order, you know, for Killer Frost to pop out. Now, you know, easy peasy lemon squeezy. I just pop a pill and bam, Killer Frost. Everything's all gravy. But that was up until the final. Uh, sh- come on, Killer Frost is not gone. They're going to get her back. All they got to do is just, you know, touch uh, Thinker again. And if Dibney takes over his brain and gets him to pause, he's going to be like, Caitlin, come here, touch me. Hey, you got your Killer Frost powers back. Nice. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. Caitlin is definitely, she. Killer Frost is coming back. I mean, like, that's that's just, I mean, she's, she's got to. That's, that's too important of a character. And I, I, I. I feel like it's a massive insult to the fans to have Killer Frost like have so much build up to her becoming Killer Frost and then not focus at all about her dealing with the fact she is Killer Frost like let all that happen off screen and then just like to have her like you know now she's not Killer Frost so like the entire story you've been waiting for happened off screen and you've never got any chance with it because you were you know with Ralph yeah yeah and well what are you gonna do She's coming back. I think I think it's more of the thinker is depowering. Like like if you look at what he's doing, um, you know, he, he took out he took out the elongated man, he added the, him to his arsenal. So now it's kind of a big defense buff to him, right? So now he's got Dibney's powers, he can be himself, and he no longer has to actively work against the the thing that was eating away at him from the inside. So now what else does he do? He needs the dark matter. He's able to take that away from Killer Frost and also take her out of the equation for what will ultimately be the climactic battle. So we've got Cisco, uh, who is being recruited elsewhere, or at least being teased that he's possibly being recruited elsewhere. We've got Barry, who is becoming more and more distraught. You know, having the loss of a team member kind of takes him out. Um, and I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, that's it. So now we're back. We're back to just Cisco and Barry as the only two superpowered members of Team Flash. Seems like it. Even. Even Harry, who was kind of on his own little metapath by creating the reverse thinker, has fried his own brain. So now his smarts are off the equation. I, I, I would wager, Bell, that by end of next episode or the next, Cisco will likely be out of commission. So that it really does have to all come down to Barry versus the thinker. Yeah. So, okay. So, it's chess, man. What has he been doing since the beginning of the game? He's been playing chess. And what is like, a, it's a strategy in chess, taking out all of, you know, take out the bishop, take out the knight, work him down to nothing left but the king. And when he has no defense and no backup, you take out the king. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Uh, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It looks like that's what's that's what's happening here. He's taking out all, all the quote pawns. But then again, I mean he hasn't taken out Iris. He hasn't taken out uh Joe. Uh they're still formidable in their own right. Um 
No, and I mean, this was definitely a good episode to showcase that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the thinker's underestimating them. Probably not. Do you think, I mean, all right, so so you, you've already kind of stated that you think that in the end, Elongated Man is, is possibly going to be the one to take out the thinker. Yes, uh, I think that's where they're going with this because he is the exact opposite of the thinker. And I guess it's kind of poetic justice. He keeps the thinker keeps talking about how smart he is and how you know how far ahead he is of everybody. And uh, Ralph's all like about improv and all this kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like it's gonna it's gonna come from there, from where the thinker least expect it, from some simpleton to go in and uh, like you know throw his plans off. Right? Like that's that just seems to make a lot of sense to me narratively. Interesting. Okay, so I, I feel like there's a lot of people who have it in for the thinker like, all right. So, so you're right in terms of kind of the story that we've gotten from Ralph, it makes a lot of sense. However, there's the imagery of Barry in a thinking cap. You know, we, we've kind of t- like thought about that as, as what if the final battle occurs inside the space of the minds where it is Barry versus the thinker and it's in, uh, you know, in, in his own brain, as opposed to in the, in the physical real world, um, you know, Barry out thinking the thinker that, that makes a lot of sense. I think that theoretically would, would, be a, a good arc for Barry or at least a good arc for the season to go up against this villain on his own turf. Um, that being said, there is someone who I think actually deserves to take him down more. Someone who has actually been probably more impacted by the thinker's decisions than anybody else, including Dibney, uh, or, or at least more corrupted by them or abused by them. And that's the mechanic at this stage in the game, she is like victim number one. Like, you know, it, it was interesting when they were first introduced as kind of this evil power couple. I liked them. I was kind of pulling for them. The kind of specialness of them watching Barry and Iris get married was kind of cute in its own right. Like, like they, you know, they were, you, you didn't want them to like succeed in whatever their evil machinations were, but you did kind of want them to succeed at life and love. But, dude, he's been abusing her. He's been, like, drugging her and brainwashing her and keeping her in a prison of her own mind. Like, I would not be surprised that when, if it, when it comes down to the final battle, in some way, the mechanic gets some form of redemption arc where she has to be the one that either takes down the thinker or, like, powers up Barry so that he's able to. You know, to. I was thinking the same thing, and I thought we were going to get a piece of that tonight when uh, Iris and the mechanic were, in, you know, fighting. I thought there might right, be something right. in there where they were going to uh, – uh, something was going to slip and she was going to say something that was going to make Iris be like, wait, what? That's not what's going on. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't see it. But I, I I think, yeah, I think there's some definite poetic justice there about uh, the mechanic defeating the thinker, uh, seeing as that she is – you know has intimate knowledge about all these different things that they do uh, and mm-hmm. she'd be a very good ally in, in the case of that happening. So, yeah uh, – and and obviously, like you said, yeah, she's the first victim that 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 he had, and uh, you know, yeah. So there's definitely room for that to be a possibility. But uh, but yeah, I I don't know, I don't know for sure though, because I you know, again, we got the we got the comic book image of Barry with the thinking cap on, you know, like that. That's a classic. Uh, and then there's you know the poetic justice of the uh, of the mechanic doing him in, and then of course you know we have uh, the also narrative justice of the dumb guy defeating the super smart guy because he underestimated him sort of thing with, with Dibney. So I don't know. Th- those are the three possibilities and, and it, <laughs> watch it turn out. Just be like, Joe walks up to him and just puts a slug in the back of his head. And he's like, all right, <laughs> we done here. Can we go like home? My story now. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. 
Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And by the way, by by uh, victim number one, I'm I'm referring more to the fact that like she has been taking more abuse than anybody else. I don't think that she was his first victim, but she's definitely been uh, the one who's been taking the brunt of the abuse. And it did actually take away from that battle between her and Iris, because on the one hand, it was great to see kind of the the mirror to you know what what was referenced before, but at the same time, they were on different like power dynamics back then. Back then, they were on an evil playing field. Yeah. Now, if like it, it'd almost be a tragedy for Iris to shoot her because she's the mechanic is not of her own free will. She she's, you know, under the the thrall of, of the thinker. She's not doing this because she wants to. She's doing this because she's drugged into thinking that she wants. Yeah, to. but again, Iris doesn't know that. So, I mean, you know, there. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But and that's why I feel like there's going to be some sort of revelation for Iris. Uh probably only to iris uh about the mechanic that's going to help her turn the mechanic towards team flash could be could be a lot of stuff happened this episode man but and we've already mentioned it but uh of course uh in the future room harry plugging into the machine downloading the the black matter and um you know microwaving his brain and you say you noticed some oddities about him. It didn't really stand out to me. And so that's going to bring us to this week's Speedster Speculation. Bill, what, what happened to Harry? Like, what, what is going on with him in particular? Like, you know, I know we had this, you know, hugs, not drugs storyline between him and Joe this episode and, you know, uh, you know, addiction, which was interesting that we got the, you know, addiction episode along with the hippies. Yeah, right. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, it's kind of, kind of, kind of uh, an interesting uh, vibe that was going on with all that. No pun intended, but Harry fried his brain. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's, that can't be good. Well, it right? reminded me. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of how the thinker got his powers, right? You know, the lightning and the, uh, uh, cause we saw some lightning there. There's, you know, sparks and stuff. And then he fried it with dark matter. So, uh, uh, and, and yeah, at the end of the episode, uh, you know, it's Cisco is, uh, sitting there and, uh, you know, or no, Caitlin was like, go get Harry. Like there's something wrong. And Harry asks this, or, or sorry, Cisco asked Harry to go grab him this, uh, the, the, the dark matter detector. And he just kind of stands there. And I forgot what Cisco said after that, but it's like, you know, whatever you do you. And so I don't know if it's Harry in his own head because he's now got, all of these powers or something like that or if it's harry in his own head because he has basically ralphed himself uh interesting yeah so it's it, there wasn't really much to go on there because I'm, I'm trying to remember back to the beginning of the season when we see uh devoe actually become the thinker and what because he, he was he was in a coma right uh, or, or knocked unconscious or something right but he never he never was in this sort of like fugue state like we see harry i don't think yeah. Okay. So, so, so let's talk about Harry. Um, last week on Twitter, we got some questions about Harrison Wells, uh, and, and specifically as it relates to Eobard Thawne. Um, and I want to give her credit, um, but unfortunately I don't have the tweet pulled up right now. So I'm very, very sorry. Uh, but, but, uh, she tweeted in and asked like, you know, was there no Eobard Thawne of earth two? Like, I think, I think kind of the, the question discerning was, could it be that Harrison Wells of earth two was Eobard Thawne all along? Like, could this be that Eobard went on the same path? And my, my argument to that was, was no, that because on earth two, Barry never became the flash. 
there was never a reason for Eobard to want to, like, there was never a reason for the rivalry between the Thons and the Allens, which would mean that there's no reason for Eobard to become a speedster, uh, assuming that he became a speedster in an effort to come back and, and either fight or be Barry Allen, depending on which origin story they want to give him, which, by the way, we've never gotten an origin story for Eobard Thon, not really. Um, I know we had that kind of flashback episode, but we never got a real true origins as to what his motivations are and, and why he you know, does what he does. Um, but anyway, so so I, I don't think, you know, for, for those that might be still kind of resting on this idea, what if Harrison Wells was Eobard all along, just the Eobard of Earth 2? I don't think that's the case. Um, because no Barry Flash, therefore no Eobard Thawne. That just kind of kind of the way it is you need one to get the other and, and that one doesn't exist so I, I think it's safe to say this is harrison wells now that being said there's also kind of a some kind of question of okay so Barthon that we've been dealing with since earth x how did he look like harrison wells if this was the original uh and we saw him convert back into his pre harrison wells form where did he get this new harrison wells face now, Bell, I'm of, the, I'm of the opinion that he probably got it from the Earth-X Harrison Wells. but what, what Yeah, I mean, that sounds that? about right. I mean, there, there's there's plenty of Harrys out there, as we saw in the Council of Wells episode. So uh, lots of places to get it from. Uh, and clearly he has the ability to jump between Earths. So, yeah, he just decided he liked that face and went to go put it back on and found another Harry and just took it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, he wanted to spite Barry, and theoretically speaking, perhaps since he was able to survive, he might know more things now about his interactions with Barry in the future. So perhaps going after a Harrison Wells face was the intention, knowing full well that Barry would make it to this Earth at some point, and it would really give him, you know, kind of a mind f. And so, and, and it did. So yeah. good on him. Um. You know, how how Eobard survived, I think that's almost like a topic that we've kind of been waiting for the right storyline to come along. But all that to say, Harrison Wells is not Eobard Thawn. This Harrison Wells is not Eobard Thawn. But Eobard Thawn is out there and currently looking like Harrison Wells. Now, he said very specifically, I wonder what face I'll be wearing next time. I took that to mean that they're leaving it kind of you know open-ended kind of a loose string so that if they want him to look like Harrison Wells if, if he's going to be Tom Kavanaugh great if they want to recast him as somebody else they can or maybe it's just Eobard trying to mess with Barry to create a, a scenario where he has to look over his sh- shoulder all the time and wonder at any given moment who could actually be Eobard Thawne um, and and for us the audience as well and that's that's kind of the way that I interpreted that but again all that to say the guy that just fried his brain is not Eobard no, Thawne. Because, yeah, no, no, Eobard didn't fry his brain. He is, he's out there somewhere waiting to strike. And uh, it'll probably be next season when DeVoe releases all the metas with his little plan. And uh, who knows? We'll see. I think, I, I think you're exactly right. I think next season would be kind of his big moment. But that's the thing. So with that in mind and, and the fact, you know, that... Uh, he he has the potential to be a season-long baddie in his own right. I thought when Harry, you know, shocked himself or, or whatever you want to call it, I thought he died. Like, I seriously thought he died in the future room. And I thought, oh, okay, this is how, you know, we're, we're removing this Harrison out of the way so that it's not going to be confusing for general audiences for, for Eobard Thawne to be Harrison Wells. But he seemingly survived. Or did he? Yeah, I think he's alive, and I think it's still Harry, 
but it's like Harry 0.5 as opposed to Harry 2.0, you know? Yeah. Interesting. So, but, okay. but I, I'm, I'm really, yeah, it's, it's, you think, you think you're totally thought super... about that, which is really going to irk Harry. And so I'm really curious to see how his reaction is going to be when he finds out that like, thinker totally called that because his whole plan has been to like outthink the thinker and he didn't he fell right into his trap of hubris which is what the thinker thought and now his brain is fried and so is it going to be up to cisco to like rejuvenate him or is, is that what's going to take cisco out the fact that he's going to be having to, to take care of harry uh i don't know it's, mm. it's it's it'll be interesting to see what happens next episode yeah i mean one imagines if they you know, if something's wrong with them, they'll either get him back to Earth Two or Jesse will come here. But yeah, I don't know. But but did I hear you correctly? You actually think that he got a, a supercharge, a brain supercharge? I don't know. That's what I was trying to remember about the thinker at the uh, when we first saw him get his powers. If he, I know he felt he was unconscious for a little bit uh, when he came to. I think he just immediately was like, "I have, I can, I know everything." Um, we didn't see that with Harry, so I think it's it did something to him, and it probably wasn't good. And 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 okay. by not good, right. it, it no, could like be it. not good in that he now has the same egomaniacal, you know, uh, predisposition that the thinker does. Or it could be that he has, you know, microwaved his brain and he's no longer as brilliant as he was before. Either way, it'd be bad, right? Interesting. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. We will see what truly happened to Harry next week, along with the return of a really awesome character. But if you haven't seen the preview, I don't want to spoil it. I have not seen it, so don't spoil it. Okay. They don't. All right, man. Let's. Oh, I was saying that oh, they, yeah, they, I, I've been having to watch it on the CWC app, and they don't show the the next week previews uh, after the end of the episode, and it really takes me off. Well, let me ask you this: you you're up to date with mm-hmm. Legends. When last I saw a certain citizen of the cold variety, he was uh, heading out with the Legends. Is he still on Legends of Tomorrow? No, no, he left. He left to go back to be with Ray. Uh, Earth X Ray, not um, Ray Palmer Ray. Yeah, not not our Ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, but but on Earth X, like he's specifically on Earth X. I, I think so. Yeah, I think it was on Earth X. I think that's where he went. Okay, interesting. Well, perhaps next week he might be somewhere else. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but the, I don't know if it's going to be Citizen Cold or if it's going to be Captain Cold. We'll have to we'll have to see what happens. But spoilers. I mean, maybe Sorry. maybe it's like maybe it's it's his and Ray's honeymoon. They come to Earth One to say hi to everybody. You know, I feel like if you live on Earth X, every Earth is a honeymoon <laughs> right? destination. Every, every other Earth. But do I think that Grant Gustin and I would make the most adorable Instagram couple? Yes, yes, we would. Grant Gustin plays the Flash on the CW, if you were wondering, because, you know, most people over 70 probably don't know who he is. All right, listener feedback this week. Uh, okay, so this comes in from Listener C. What did Listener C have to say, Bell? Okay, this week's episode was pretty good, except for the part uh, uh, where Team Flash losing, Caitlin loses her powers, Iris getting stabbed, and Ralph dying. Well, he didn't die as much as being absorbed into DeVoe, so good news, he'll be back next season, smiley face. I hate no. <laughs> oh. I hate the Killer Frost is gone. Messing with me, uh, they could have done so much with how Caitlin is taking on, uh, uh, talking with her on the sticky notes now, and how she's figured out the uh, the shot thing. But hopefully, it's just for the time being, and we get her back next season. I also wish that they would stop putting limits on Cisco's powers. He is supposed to be one of the strongest metas in the DC universe. Uh, it has been stated that he has uh, the power to vibrate Earth in two. So why does somehow breaching push him to his limits? Owen oh, H. Giobard is going crazy now. I can't forget that. 
Uh, can't wait to see how this season ends. Oh, by the way, love you guys. Uh, have been covering this season. Uh, uh, love how you guys have been covering this season. Keep up the great work. Listener C. Thanks. We appreciate that. Yeah, obviously, to Bo's chagrin, I agree with you completely. He's going to be back uh, <laughs> by the end of this season, if not next season. I uh, uh, good good for you guys. Like I I I love that there are people that are hardcore elongated man fans. It's good. A lot of fandom out there, um, and I'm glad Bell that you're speaking up for them because I would hate if we just became like you know, I, I, you know, I don't I don't want us to be like overly negative. I don't mind being overly negative because I know that you'll be positive yeah. and supportive. <laughs> we, we can lean on each other in that way. Also on Twitter, man, Rossi uh, Campbell tweeted in. Uh, he said, I'm calling it right now. I hope to Bebo that I'm right. Uh, similar to Plastic Man but never brought up in the show, Ralph unconsciously developed the ability to alter his brain as a survival response to the thinker's attack, creating a spot inside his brain where his personality resides. Combined that with your theories that uh, the other bus meta's personalities still reside in the thinker's brain... And that in the finale, Barry uses the thinking cap to fight him on a psychic plane. Ralph will be able to alter his brain psychologically, freeing himself physically from the thinker's control and freeing the minds and souls of the other metas and rising up against the thinker, ending him. What do you think? Now, Ross, that is a very interesting theory. Um, The idea that perhaps Ralph can, if Ralph is still in the brain somewhere and is able to mentally rescue the other personalities in there, that they all team up to help Barry in the final battle. Uh, It would make sense that if Ralph is kind of the last body, that he might be the one to survive once the thinker is out. And the other ones would have to, you know, either still live in his brain or or leave as well, so to speak. Yeah, I I I don't I don't think the other people like uh, will be saved at the end. I think uh, if anything, they may they may be able to like Ralph might be able to uh, that's that's what I was saying, basically, that, you know, he he did something to his brain and he and he and he stored himself somewhere. And so maybe he'll be able to use those other people to like help him do stuff. But I don't think they're going to be saved in the end. I really don't. Uh, I think, you know, yeah. their, their stories are done uh, and it's going to be game over for them. But I do think Ralph is coming back for sure. All right, right on. Christy Mitchell tweets in. She says to answer last week's question of whether it's Eobard or Harry, uh, she says the real Eobard would never act as recklessly as Harry did with the thinking cap. I really thought that Joe had gotten through to him. Yeah, you know, I actually I liked their interaction. Um, I actually really like the Harry Joe dynamic. I liked the Harry Eobard dynamic as well. Or, I'm sorry, the the Joe Eobard dynamic yeah. from the season one as well. And seeing Joe wrestle with his relationship with Harry and and the mind job that Eobard had done with him, yeah. You know, I thought it was kind of a, a good, solid, genuine friendship. We've seen him have it with Harry. We've seen him have it with HR. <laughs> you know, he, and yeah, I, I thought he had gotten in with yeah. him as well. Uh, 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 at 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 Shake and Bake Max on Twitter says, "I love how nobody is talking about how Joe took down the samurai and chopped off its head by himself." Also, rest in peace, Killer Frost and Ralph. Uh, yeah, right. That happened off screen, but it happened. <laughs> What's well, so funny that it took Barry so much to take care of the samurai, and then Joe is just like, nah, I got this. Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. Now, of course, you know, close quarters and everything. But yeah, that that was that's pretty pretty BA. Uh, Michael Joyner says this episode made me think the whole time uh, I liked about how early episodes in the series were when I didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, loved the little hints they used about the 
potential downfall of Killer Frost. Uh, Harry's brain meltdown. Ralph fighting back. Yep, I mean, he's, I think yep. uh, Michael's right with you on that one. Uh, Steve, uh, Steve the Burge says, Dibney now DeVoe and Killer Frost gone. Are you happy now, the real Bo York? Yeah. Hashtag where's McSnurtle? Uh, it's actually hashtag, it's actually hashtag find McSnurtle. Uh, and also, I am happy about uh, about Dibney. Yes, very happy. But I'm not happy about Killer Frost. I love Killer Frost. I am not happy that she is gone at all. No, I want her back. And I want more of an exploration as to that relationship. And I'm almost positive it would happen. I'd put money on it happening. Uh, Phil Dog says, "Where was Bebo?" Yeah, no, Bebo surprised. needs to show up. Bebo needs to show up and defeat the Thinker. Like that's what's going to happen. Yeah, without the the legends' knowledge, no, nobody knows what you're talking about. So that's why <laughs> Bebo's not showing up. I know it's a little inside joke for me and the Legends fans. I know, but hopefully Bebo will be. Uh, hopefully he will he will make an appearance in the next crossover. I know, right? I hope he so. could. Is is Bebo the anti monitor? Maybe Bebo causes the crisis. Bebo is the crisis. <laughs> All right, man. We also got an iTunes review in from a great, or I'm sorry, from Frustrated in Fulton. Fullerton. What did uh, Frustrated have to say? Great vibe, not tricksters. I tried a number of Flash-related podcasts before I found Bo and Bell, but once I found the show, I didn't need to search any longer. Great dynamic, deep insight, passionate and humorous all at once. There's no better Flashcast than this. Thank you, Frustrated and Fullerton. We hope you're no longer frustrated once you find our show. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. And hey, we want to thank all of you because, first of all, y'all are awesome. And second of all, y'all are awesome because y'all hooked us up this last past week. We mentioned it, that if we could get uh, the next 10th iTunes or the next, uh, uh, yeah, iTunes review of 10. I don't know math or words, apparently. But basically, once we got to 200 iTunes reviews, we were going to give away not just a free digital comic, but in fact, a free graphic novel that's right yeah man i'm so super stoked okay are you ready for who the lucky winner of a free graphic novel is going to be oh i'm totally ready oh and the winner of the flash graphic novel i love this classic drum roll goes to a classic listener ladies and gentlemen matt sc oh snap matt sc what up Congratulations, yeah, man. SC. You get the graphic novel. So congratulations. Reach back out to us. We'll get that all worked out with you. Congratulations. I, I, I do see what you did there. I do see what you did there. And the great <laughs> news is that, man, uh, it, it, there is still time, by the way. If you didn't win this week, don't worry. Head over to iTunes, write us a review, and you can get yourself a free digital comic. Uh, next time we get a multiple of 10, we were hoping that we might be able to get, uh, to 210 this week, but unfortunately we're still over at 207. So help us get there. Just three more iTunes reviews. We'll be giving away a free digital comic next week as well. Uh, so Madison, let us know. We'll get you hooked up and thank y'all so much for writing us those iTunes reviews. We also want to give a big shout out to those of you supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash TV talk. Uh, this show happens because of you. I, I cannot stress that enough. We thank y'all so much uh, for helping make this show happen. And for those of you supporting us at $3 or more, uh, you get some additional content. In fact, I just dropped an episode of shenanigans that kind of got a little, a uh, little lost for a while. I was actually going to release last week's shenanigans, realized that we had this long episode about online dating and, and star Wars episode nine theories. And I was like, Oh snap, well, this has <laughs> got to go out immediately. It's kind of dated now because you know, your, your online dating experience was successful. 
But so this is your pre. Well, no, it wasn't. It was, it, it, uh, no, it, it never was. No, no, no. I, I met her in the meat space, not on online. Oh, okay. All right. Well, fair enough. Well, anyway, if you want to hear all about uh, Bell's online dating experience, as well as my crazy theory for Star Wars Episode Nine, uh, become a patron at $3 or more level and get yourself some shenanigans. Uh, you can also keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow us on Twitter at Flash TV Talk, or you can follow our individual accounts as well at the real Bo York as me and at Ring That Bell is Bell. But if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podestery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash flash TV talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach, who provides our awesome music. You can check out the rest of his cool stuff at SoundCloud.com slash Charlie Bach. And of course, we are a member of the DC TV Talk Network Collective. I don't know what the right phraseology is, but I do know that you can find great podcasts at DCTVTalk.com. Head over there today and get yourself the best and greatest in DC TV podcasting with DCTVTalk.com. And that's going to do it for us for this week. But don't worry. We're running to the end here, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll be back in a flash.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.